Welcome to Tenet Men. Welcome to Tenement. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by uh, my co-host, Kevin. And together, we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan's 2020 high epic concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film, if you've listened to our previous episodes. This week, I am... Uh, I'm on the red team traveling forward through the film, by the way. My minute this week uh, takes place from 0321 seconds to 0421 seconds. Uh, And Kevin, what are you covering for today? I am on the blue team uh, traveling inverted. Uh, I am watching it in forward time so I can understand dialogue and such, but I am watching the movie basically in reverse order minute by minute. And I am moving from two hours, 20 minutes, 21 seconds, to two hours, 21 minutes, 21 seconds. Awesome. Yeah. I know in uh, in our first couple episodes, I felt like I had some uneventful minutes while you had some really juicy minutes. Yeah. Uh, but I think this week I finally have some real, some real juiciness to, mm-hmm. uh, to explore. Actually, Definitely. some actual, some actual dialogue actually is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was also thinking it's like, you know, you know, I love this movie, and, and if you've heard the previous episodes, I really love this movie. But I also feel like every minute I watch and start to dissect, I just find ways to like bust it open and like find a whole bunch of like maybe plot holes or just things that are wrong with it. And this you're, minute is no exception. <laughs> you're constantly trying to find reasons this movie doesn't work. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not because I wholeheartedly believe it does work. Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to beat up this movie. I do no, legitimately no. like it. Yeah. yeah, and I also agree. There are there are things in this movie that take you so long to process that if the movie tried to process them along with you, it would be four. It would be four to six hours. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we actually touched on something last week that uh, I don't know if we're even going to get into it this week, but. Uh-huh. Uh, about about like Seder and his role in this whole thing. Okay. Um, right. Uh, but if we do get to it, I'm excited. Anyway, okay, okay. shall we just jump right in? Yes, yes. All right, let's do it. So uh, red team going first. Blue team. My blue? Red. You're um, red. Red, yeah. Uh, red team going first. So this week we're starting off at 321. Uh, we ended last week right in the middle of our protagonist coming into that VIP's suite at the opera house. Um, and he says, you know, um, we live in a twilight, we, we world. live in a twilight world. And then the response at 321, no yeah. friends at dusk. Um, and then our protagonist responds with now that he knows that it's the right guy. Uh, the siege is a blind for them to vanish you. All right, let's stop here for a second. <laughs> right, right at the the one second mark into this minute, uh, who is this guy? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> he's not long for the screen. Um, <laughs> no, no, he's we're gonna. Not. He's gonna disappear if not in this minute, next minute uh, for you. Um, uh, I, I assume he's an inside operative that's making a deal, but he has. He has possession of 
the part of the algorithm. Yeah, we'll get to that. I have a question yeah, there yeah. too. That's so he's some high level operative that's trying to get at the uh, collect all the the algorithms. Um, it's not clear if he's CIA. He seems to be vaguely American from the very few times he speaks. It's not a, a European accent. Um, uh, so, yeah, again, uh, I don't know. I, I can't definitively answer who he works for. Okay. Well, <laughs> we can we can explore it some more, actually, in the coming seconds. Uh, <laughs> so the siege is a blind for them to vanish you. Them being the the always them in the Christopher Nolan sense, right? I don't yeah. think we know who them are. <laughs> um, well, I think, okay, we can say uh, Seder's men are trying to kill him uh, be, and take possession of the algorithm all in one swoop because in in the premise of what either side is doing, it's not good enough to just take the item. You have to kill the person who previously possessed it and everybody who knew about it. So here's the problem I have with, with <laughs> that, right? And and this is exactly what I was alluding to when we started on your your whole theory that you know Seder has been set up by the protagonist in this whole uh-huh. temporal temporal pincer movement that is the entire movie, right? Uh, which I don't actually I don't believe actually. Okay, I, I don't believe that to be the case, right? I think I, he is an actual antagonist, not being set up, but that our protagonist is trying to somehow defeat in order to save the world. Mm-hmm. They both have the same goal. They both want the algorithm, but for different reasons. Yes. That, that much is clear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I don't think we'll interpret it as we go. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm open. I'm open to that theory as well. Okay. So, 327, we cut to a response team coming down that same hallway uh, where where the suites are. This is an actual response team, uh, obviously looking for the VIP to to, to kill and and steal his shit. Uh, Oh, I'm not supposed to swear. Um, (laughs) So then we cut back to the the VIP and he says, but I established contact. Um, I, I established contact. What does that mean? Help me out here. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. Oh, shoot. He has possession of the algorithm. So, is he trying to make a deal to steal it? He's established contact. So, if he has a possession of it, there's no reason to bring it to the Opera House unless you're selling it. Or, or this is, again, another ploy to be like, hey, check this thing out look i got this thing and then once they figure out okay they are the they are the people that are willing to buy this they're the collectors of the algorithm which means they probably have the other nine or other eight however many um but that's i'm really just reaching and using all my all my prior knowledge of the movie i don't i this is the thing i don't i don't know so, you know, he says this is a siege for them to vanish you, right? Now, think vanish about this, you. right? So the protagonist, we know he's CIA, right? Yes. There's no doubt about that. He is CIA. Um, he says to this guy, right, bring you in. Or right after he says, but I established <laughs> contact, uh, the protagonist says, bring you in or kill you. Uh, you've got two minutes to decide or something, which is more like three seconds. Let's be fair. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, bring you in or kill you. So that's the CIA saying, bring this guy in or kill him. He says he established contact. Did he establish contact with the CIA or did he establish contact with this Ukrainian task force? I think he, he it, it's implied that he's in contact with the Ukrainian task force. But didn't the protagonist also just kill the two guys in the room with him? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, that's so that's why those I think... contacts. Uh, it's just. It's we're moving at clips here. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why there's so much to dissect here. I don't want to get stuck on this, but uh, I don't know. This guy, this guy is a really big puzzle for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, that's at three thirty-two. Back to three forty. Response team continuing down the hallway, um, killing terrorists as they go through. Now. <laughs> They're killing some of like are they their own guys? That's or are the they thing, the right? Like I yeah. think we kind of assume that they are the same, right? Because mm-hmm. and, and we're gonna see this in a couple in a couple of seconds, actually, in this minute. Um, the response team is blowing up the theater. Yeah. Not the terrorists. So Wait. like oh, yeah. I'll it's, have to watch closely. Um it's the response team planting the bombs. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Hold that thought. Yeah. So like I guess what is the motive for the terrorists? What's the motive for the response team? Like what there's some interesting motives happening here, right? My guess, by the way, is Seder hired both. Right. I think so too. I think Seder's all about cleaning up behind himself. I think Seder I think both teams are in Seder's pocket. He paid the terrorists to go in and get the to get the the algorithm. He paid the he paid off the response teams to blow it up so that yes. there's no evidence of what yes. happened and to create a you know a distraction right in the same way that you know well we'll get to it later but th- there's this happens again in the movie too um, but with the but with the protagonist side yeah and also the the idea of the temporal pincer there's different teams with different levels of knowledge right all exactly. interacting at the exact same moment like so some teams know about the gas some teams don't. Right. Yeah, we saw that in the script where somebody had to improvise a gas mask, um, which didn't make it into the movie. It also, a lot of this is reminding me of um, uh, the dark, uh, the dark night, um, the the bank scene, the bank heist scene. Yes. Where where the, the Joker is killing the henchmen throughout the heist, and then he escapes alone. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it's a big part of uh, Nolan's. Oh, it's a big part of the theme of this movie, right? Knowledge yeah. divided. They say it a couple times. This is a mm-hmm. great example of knowledge divided because I think yeah we're gonna. Think- Get to yeah. that in my minute too. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. All right. So response team killing killing terrorists running down the hallway. Um, you know, when I first watched this movie, or at least the first couple times I watched this movie, when they show that response team coming down the hallway killing terrorists and stuff, I thought, oh, this is the CIA team, right? Um, but the last time I watched this movie, it's like, oh no, this isn't the CIA team. This is the real response team, and they're looking for the VIP. Um, and that's why they're showing huh. this. It's confusing. Yeah. I was confused. But anyway. I, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> this there's is no a, way through your first watch you have any idea what's going on besides there's a good guy right. in a sea of bad guys. Well, th- there's at <laughs> least there's at least uh, four factions in this fight. I, yes. I Okay. Yeah. If you say so. I never stopped <laughs> to count them. <laughs> there's at least four factions, with, all with different motives. So, yeah. Um, Neil being his own faction. So, uh, a 343 protagonist asks the VIP, where's the package? Uh, In which he replies, coat check. Uh, 
in all caps in my notes, why would you co-check plutonium? Yeah, that doesn't seem like (laughs) it doesn't seem like handing it off to a third party would be a good CIA move that no, right. It should be handcuffed to your wrist. And then that briefcase is actually empty because that was a feint and it's actually like up your ass. Yeah, I think we can we say ass. I think we can say ass and shit. Um, but we'll find out. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, this is this is this is a plot hole, right? You do not <laughs> coat check plutonium, right? We assume that everyone thinks it's plutonium. Like these two factions think it's pl- plutonium, right? The VIP, yes. the CIA, they think they're they're you know smuggling or capturing plutonium and keeping it out of harm's way. Um, you don't coat check, you know, the ingredients to a nuclear bomb. Unless, unless like it's a thing where you have people in the opera house who are intermediaries working in Kochek, but that's like, but then I don't the, know. it's still, it's more secured in Kochek. By the way, when we, well, we'll get to it, but it's not exactly a secure Kochek. It's like out in the wide open, right? So it just seems like a regular, this seems like a regular <laughs> opera house meeting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, folks at home, do not Kochek your plutonium. <laughs> oh. Sorry, my actual phone was ringing. Um, Three forty-eight. Um, protagonist breaks the window, the, the glass in the suite, and they rappel down into the into the the pleb seats. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then three fifty-five, they're crawling over all the sleepy people. <laughs> it's an, that's a wild scene, <laughs> right? And they're and they they're starting to take fire from the from the terrorists. Yeah. Uh, so the VIP sits in an empty seat, pretends to be asleep to to cover. The protagonist hides in a in a row in like a stairwell to uh, to avoid fire. Um, this goes on for like like fifteen yeah. seconds. It's actually a pretty pretty intense moment here. And then at four oh five, I just had to make a, a note of this. There's like this weirdly tense moment of like gunfire coming towards the VIP and he's making this weird squinty scared face. <laughs> he's trying to pretend to be asleep while getting actively shot at. Right. There's yeah. A lot of tension in that because a lot. Yeah. even if they don't hit him, there's so many like just old women around him. Oh yeah, no, no. Like these 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 sleepy audience members are just getting <laughs> shot up, right? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And there's also like you know, there's also gunfire happening on like the orchestra stage, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know that there's some musicians getting shot now too, right? It's the response team shooting at the terrorists. So lots and lots of innocent bystanders here. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, so then at 4.10, the protagonist tells the VIP to stay there. Uh, he starts running up the stairs. Uh, he takes cover behind another seat. Another response person, a real response team member, comes in and is planting a bomb on the, on the, the cheap seats, which they later referred to them as. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to call them the pleb seats. And <laughs> at 4.21... Um, the the protagonist is is near like a dead response team member and the guy who's planting the bombs tells the protagonist to grab his in ukrainian uh to mm. get his bag so that um you know they can continue planting bombs and that's the end of my minute hmm. yeah just reading through the uh notes in the script here uh i see they there's three <laughs> three audience members are shot it's <laughs> according to the script all right. Um, yeah. And then, yes, it does say that it is a Ukrainian SWAT who was planting the bomb under the seats. I was just checking. Okay. They do. Oh, wait. 
protagonist races towards two they they label them in the in the script as two real ukrainian swats and then later it describes real ukrainian swats except real ukrainian real is in italics so <laughs> exactly yeah. i mean he must have they it's they probably had different ways of keeping track of the different teams yeah in the script or in his mind <laughs> it's wild it's really wild yeah Ah, oof, I'm exhausted from that. It's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> VIP, this guy doesn't make things easy. Um, no. I think we'll, that's, is that the last we see of him? No, it's not. We'll get back it's to not, him. It's not? Okay, we are getting yeah, back. Yeah, we, we'll see him again. Okay. Um, where he, you know, doubles his dialogue count. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, Blue Team, let's, uh, what does Blue Team have in store for us today? Okay, last week uh, we discussed after... Um, we started off with uh, the reveal of the talisman that's on the back of Neil's um, backpack on his zipper. Um, and then we discussed uh, Neil and the protagonist's final conversation. Um, this week, uh, we get a little bit from Ives. Um, so just to set the scene slightly, um, the three of them are all standing there after retrieving the algorithm. Um, and then uh, Ives... Uh, so this is where the protagonist states, no one's, no one who's seen the algorithm leaves the field alive. Then Ives starts dividing it up and he states, we hide it. We end our lives. It's the only way to be sure. And so the minute really starts right when he says that. And then he, he holsters his sidearm and divides out the algorithm. And he states, but as to when, maybe that's every man's decision to make for himself. So this is ending of a tense moment where Ives, um, played by uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, okay, um, he grabbed the algorithm real quick, pulled the gun on the other on uh, Neil and the protagonist, in a tense moment where it's alluded to, according to the mission parameters, Ives should just shoot these other two guys and go hide the algorithm and kill himself. Yes. Who let's stop. who 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 is Ives? Who is he working for? He's working for the protagonist. He is. I, it's it's an interesting dynamic on the Neil um, and the protagonist relationship, where Ives pretty much says to the protagonist in not so it, it, not in specific ways, but he's like he seems to have a camaraderie with him, where it's like we'll see this like just before they go on the final mission. Uh, he's like, okay, it's going to be you and me on the final mission. Just you and me. No, no Neil. Screw him. Yeah. He's just going with the blue team. You and me, we're going with the red team. We're going to get the algorithm. Um, it just denotes a level of trust that we haven't really seen in these other characters. Uh, so, so to me, Ives is a Neil-like character who also worked with the protagonist who's on a similar mission. Um, that's my interpretation. Do you have any other thoughts on that? I think that's spot on. I think, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a trifecta here, right? The three <laughs> of them are, are it. Um, yeah. And Neil and Ives know exactly what's up because they've, they've lived it all already. Right. Even though the protagonist is experiencing it all for the first time. So, and, yeah. And they, and they're both kind of not sure how much information to give to the protagonist. They're very careful about what information, <laughs> but they also just trust him with everything. Right. I yeah. mean, here's a guy like, you know, <laughs> 
you know, the protagonist is meeting these two guys for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and is also putting an enormous amount of trust in both of them. <laughs> yeah. But the 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 trust reciprocated by both Neil and Ives on the protagonist mm-hmm. is like not something you'd ever see, I think, if they were yeah. just meeting him for the first time, right? So they obviously have a lot of extra knowledge that that we don't have and that the protagonist doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that, and that goes to his decision to divide up the algorithm. That's every man's decision for himself. Uh, Neil says, you're not going to kill us. And he says, if I ever find you, I will. Uh, so that would be the loose ends that I guess after hiding it, they're just going to hunt each other to death. Is that the implication? That sounds like a fun time. That uh, be, that's a great sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, Ives chasing down the protagonist to the other end of the tenant uh, conclusion, I guess. Um, do you think, it, do you think he really will hunt them down though? Do you think they're all looking for each other? Well, or, in the next line, Neil says, yeah. but you won't look too hard. Ives says, yes, I will. <laughs> Uh, Neil shakes his head at this, smiling. Ives heads towards the Chinook. So that's the last we. No, it's not the last we hear Neil. I think and, he's just being cheeky, yeah. though, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll have a beer at first, but like, I don't think you'll. <laughs> <laughs> He'll give him some time. Uh, I don't know. You know, special forces people probably better than I do. I feel like he's being th- cheeky. Uh, you can never trust those guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those guys got secrets. All right. And don't trust them with your secrets or your wives. <laughs> there is a theory that Ives makes another appearance in the movie as an old man. Uh, as Sir Michael Caine? Possibly. But hmm. for that to work, that would imply that there are turnstiles further back in history than this. Because he'd have to go back in time and head back, right? Or you send the instructions back. Or, no, no, actually, no. Ives hides it, continues on through the progress of his life, hiding the secret, and then as an old man, inverts, comes back, gives protagonist information. So it could, the possibilities are endless on where where he comes from, whether he's he's, he's gone back in time and uh, forward. Um, yeah, but I imagine you'd have to keep trying to get it further back in time. I don't think, I don't think, uh, Michael Caine is Ives. No, but it's possible. It's it's a theory that's out there. I just wanted to state, but also any one of these, um, people could be uh, Ives just in a a different stage in his life, uh, by the, the laws of this movie. Um, okay. So that, that conversation, uh, ends with him walking off. Uh, this is uh, where the Max theory comes in. Um, Neil says, you're not going to head back to London to check on Cat, are you? And the protagonist says, of course not. That would be too dangerous. So I guess that also the theory being the implication being that like that's the last time the protagonist ever sees Cat again uh, because of loose ends and whatnot. But we know eventually he does go back to protect her at least. Neil says, not even from afar. And even from afar, protagonist replies. Neil thinks of something and looks at Ives. Now, this is interesting. He says, Ives, wait. And then he goes to hand his piece of the algorithm back to the protagonist. 
why is it necessary that Ives knows the protagonist has both pieces of the algorithm? Why is it necessary? Yeah. I don't know that it's, I think it was just more of a practical thing, right? Give the, mm. give I this he, piece to, to the protagonist because he knows he's not coming back. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay, I just thought I thought he was calling attention to being like, "Hey, Ives, I'm giving this to him, just so you know." I think I thought he was just telling yeah. him to like wait because he wants to get into the helicopter. Oh, also. that's right, he does have to get back into. Well, he yeah. knew he had to get back into the helicopter. I guess. Yeah. 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 They're they're both riding together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, because the implication he has to go back and he has to go back and do a bunch of things because he didn't do his original mission. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to go back and do the regular baseline mission he was supposed to do, which he knows he's already done. And then he has to do all the other stuff. Yeah. The, the last one being opening that door. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, protagonist says, you're really going back in? And Neil says, I'm the only one that could have opened that door. Right, Ives? And Ives replies, I don't know a locksmith as good as you. And he goes, See? That's me there again, weaving another pass in the fabric of this mission. Powerful. So, so he's calling out that he knows he opened that door, but I, I think he knows he's going to his death. He absolutely knows that. Yes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So, but also he has to do, <laughs> he's got to, first he has to go do his regular mission. Then he has to go maybe to the opera house. Then he has to go open the door, but oh, also you, you there's other infinite possibilities in there that he could also be doing. I think he already did the opera house. I think that was a different timeline, a different, a different I, Neil. He just, he's how long has he had that backpack with the little doohickey on it? Oh, maybe a while, right? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does the opera house more in like real time to when the protagonist the protagonist it, is. right so which he, is like, he sets that up first and then it, hangs around and waits to re-meet him in dubai or, exactly. or not dubai where are they mumbai mumbai yeah um, i think uh yeah i think yeah because we talked about this before like relatively <laughs> this movie takes place over four weeks even though it ends where it ends <laughs> yeah so the same I four think, weeks backwards and forwards right so i think the i think neil um you know, saves the protagonist at that one week, whatever day one mark, right? Yeah, he does that, and then he then Neil chills, yes, and just waits for the protagonist to come back to him. Exactly. Well, that you know, because then he has to get initiated, which we'll we'll get to very soon, right? Well, not relatively yes. <laughs> compared to moving minute by minute, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I went back and looked. When am I going to get to this? And I'm like, oh, it's like five episodes from now. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about on the initiation, yeah. by the way. I got questions. <laughs> uh, so many questions. Um, but this uh, this uh, conversation kind of adds up and it sets up. It's This is the one part of the script where it really hits the nail on the head and just tells you this is what Neil has to go do. This is where, you know, just before he reveals we've known each other this whole time, which you can also extrapolate and also place on the Ives character without him having to say it. Cause I think Neil kind of thinks, okay, this is the, we're saying goodbye. Yeah. So he can, he can go ahead and reveal uh, his information. Yes. 
Uh, again, the algorithm looking, I, I don't even know what, how to describe what those things are. No, no, we got to just accept that for what it is. Uh, <laughs> it's just thematic silliness. Yeah. I do. Have we talked about the Neil and Cat theory? We should save it. I have, I have thoughts. I on think that. we've touched on it a couple of times. Just yeah. the, the idea that Cat's son Max is Neil. Yeah, I I think it's not. Is young Neil. I don't think so. I think it's possible based on the mechanics of the movie because we discussed that you you continue to age in the same direction when you're going backwards in time. Yeah, you but only there's... have so much time on life in, in on this earth. You're going to continue to age. You don't age in reverse. There's parts in the movie that that just it doesn't add up if that if that is the case. Exactly. So it is possible for an older Neil to come back in time and be of a different age than his current self who's living as a child. That part makes sense. That part yeah. makes sense. I actually that the, the time part of it I do buy the interaction of Neil and Cat throughout the movie doesn't add up. They don't act like mother and son. She wouldn't know. Well, she would know. Would she? Oh, you're saying she wouldn't know because he's an adult. So, okay. But he doesn't act. He's he's very good at hiding it, if that's true. He's very good at hiding his relationship with the protagonist. That's professional, not personal. <laughs> you say he should have ran up and gave her a big hug and asked her some milk and cookies. And He watched her get <laughs> shot. He watched her get shot. And he's just like, oh, that's a person getting shot. Hmm. But he knows she lives because he has he understands fate. Uh, so he can know. watch somebody get shot and then go, yeah, but she's going to live because I know she lives. Um, <laughs> I, I, I read the script. I know. <laughs> what happens. Right. Yeah. He's probably yeah. Like, she's still alive. We're having Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> it's in two weeks you know, for her, but you know, for me, uh, depending on how many more times I got to invert myself, it's going to be another five mm. months. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see. We'll get to it. We're going to get to it more. I have, there's, I, I know more tidbits that point to the other direction. So more tidbits that point to it. He being her son. Yes. Wow. All right. I want to hear that. All right. Okay. <laughs> Well, I think on that, we are just about yeah. overtime. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for listening to the to the Tenant Man podcast. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please take a, a moment to, to follow, rate, review on whatever platform you found us on. Uh, and be assured we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. Until then, we will uh, meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends.